Are we sometimes a little lazy? Or maybe even a little more than a little lazy? And can we learn how to correct that now? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We're up to the double portions of Vayakhel Pikude, closing portions of the Book of Shmos of Exodus, as well as this Shabbos having the special closing reading of HaChodesh, the reading indicating that we're about to hit Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month of Nisan that's going to usher in Pesach and hopefully all good things toward the future. And in the portion of Vayakhel, we have a description of the collection toward the Mishkan, toward the tabernacle, and the gift provided by the Nesim. The Nesim, the princes, the leaders of each of the twelve tribes, present their gifts, and when they do so, their title of being the Nesim is written in a reduced form. It's missing a letter. The letter Yud is left out, and the Nesim, it's as if the title... Imagine as if, so to speak, you're expecting a capitalized letter and it was not capitalized. There's an indication of a reduction in their rank by this missing letter. And it's no small thing to have a letter missing. Uh, each letter in the Torah is is particular, is, is valuable. And we find in more midrashic literature, when a letter is taken out of a name, it has a challenge against God. You pulled me out by the story of Sarai being changed to Sarah and the Yud complaining and eventually being projected into the name of Yehoshua. Not for now, but the concept is there that it's a big deal for a letter to be removed. And the letter is removed, Rashi tells us, as an indication of a, of a concern, of a, a rejection in some degree. And God's part of his reminding them of a failure. And he's saying, you didn't do your job correctly. When the initial collection was being, um, the, the whole the, the development of the Mishkan was being rejected and the collection being started, the Nassim did not come forth initially. They said, we'll wait. We're going to wait and see whatever is not provided by the rest of Klai Yisrael, we will provide. And since they were, what Rashi describes, guilty of a level of laziness, therefore the letter is removed from their name. But, as many ask, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz in his work, Sichos Musser, among them, laziness? It sounds like they had a plan. It sounds like they had a theory that we will be able to make up the difference, very gracious on their part, let everybody do what they will do, willful in the gap. Why is that called laziness? Sounds like it was a calculated decision to see to it that they would secure that nothing was missing. But as he explains in uh, the often referenced Rabbi Yisrael Salanter idea, that often we can have a proclaimed intention, but it is not the truest of our intentions. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, describing what in more modern vernacular we'll call the subconscious, there could be other deep-rooted factors that are biasing our decision, clouding our judgment, and that they are the true reason for our behavior or lack thereof, even if we express a different motivation for our behavior or lack thereof. And in this instance, he says, much as they articulated something that sounds very gracious, sounds well-calculated, particularly very kosher, but... Given the fact that 
it was really coming from some degree of, okay, what's the rush? Let's wait and see. Who knows if we'll be needed. There's some element of laziness that is involved, and therefore the decision is ultimately deemed a decision stemming from laziness. Atzlanus, or laziness, certainly something we would rather not be guilty of. But human nature, being what it is, what is Newton's law of physics? A body at rest tends to stay at rest unless acted upon by an outside force. Sometimes we need the reminder, that outside force, to encourage us to spark, give us the, the energy, give us the, uh, the, the, the mojo, that which is going to help get us moving, and at least the reminder as to the hazards and what we miss out due to laziness. The uh, text in Mishle, um, Proverbs written by King Solomon, describes the reaction of the person of Aribachutz, the, the claim that there's trouble, there's a lion outside. I, I'm told about a great opportunity, but I'll come up with all types of reasons why. No, 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 no. There's it's factor A, factor B, factor C as to why it's just not worth my time or my energy, why it's not the right time, why I'm not the right person, and how often those are clearly simply excuses rather than reasons. Uh, the Medrash built on that verse describes how somebody is told about this great opportunity and he starts theorizing, oh, there may be hazards along the way. No hazards. Oh, well, maybe I'll get there and, and there'll be a barrier. The door will be locked. No, 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 no. The door's open. You can get right inside. And, and variable after variable coming up with some reason as to why. No, 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 no. I, I just can't get this done. When it's simply a function of my lack of desire, lack of motivation, lack of inspiration to get it done. And following fascinating um, anecdote, uh, one of the famed uh, rebbes of the Hasidic world of, of Bells was Rav Aaron of Bells, Rav Aaron of Belzer. And when he was a youth, some stage of his life, I don't know exactly how old he was, but he had some type of a medical concern, medical condition, and his father told him, under no circumstances are you to be immersing in a mikvah. That could be cause you a setback, it'll be bad for you, don't, don't do that. Now in the Hasidic world, going to mikvah is that's part of waking up in the morning. Every single day prior to services, you may go to mikvah, uh, it's just a given, but if it's precluded based on medical need, that will be skipped. But Rav Aaron of Belz's brother-in-law, Rav Pinchas, was rather curious, surprised, concerned, because it seemed like of Aaron's schedule, he was heading out the same time as if he was going to mikvah each morning. And he watched and he saw that he was going to the mikvah and he was going inside the building and disrobing as if he was going to immerse. But then he watched and saw that he never immersed. He was never getting wet. So this was really strange. Why bother going in? There's no value in walking into a mikvah building if you're not immersing it in the water. And to bother going to that building, to bother removing his garments, and then simply put the clothes back on and leave. So finally he asked Ravaran, what's up with this behavior? Ravaran told him, I'm concerned. If I skip this part of my day, if I just stay home and I don't bother going to the mikvah, it could be that it's stemming from my desire to fulfill the mitzvah of being cautious about my health. It could be that that's my motivation. But it could be that part of my motivation is that, hey, this is more comfortable, this is easier. And it could be that I'm giving into a aspect of laziness.
It could be developing an aspect of laziness. I'm not interested in anything that has to do with atzlanus, with laziness. And hence, I'm going through all of the same effort, even if I'm skipping the technical immersion in the water. So I'm no way, am I, God forbid, defying my father or defying what is my best physical and health um, interests. But I'm also not going to allow myself to simply take it easy and, uh, and skip that effort. Thinking back, it's almost exactly a year since our Tachos Talks have started making reference to COVID. I think back about a year ago when I was introducing one of our Tachos Talks and talking about the fact that I'm uh, basically under lockdown in my home, and I was describing that, okay, any listeners hearing this down the road will have no idea what I was talking about because this will probably be a several-week blip in, in the overall history of, of what happens here and. That blip has become a full year at this point. Thankfully, not locked in my basement any longer. But the world is still far from back to normal. But how many of us face situations where we have the capacity to be back to normal, but we're allowing ourselves to just kind of like stay where we've been and avoid whether it's different social, family, communal, religious, uh, civic duties, because, hey, like, kind of the mode of simply being detached from society and kind of spending X amount of time less per day commuting or engaged with society, engaged with community. Now, again, if we are making calculations based on health factors, that's very significant, that's primary. But we've got to be very cautious at this juncture that are we allowing ourselves to just stay home and rather than going to that mikvah and the Ravarn of Bell's story because, hey, that's what I've got to do and it's medical factors or am I doing it because, okay, taking it easy is easy. You know, there's relaxing for the sake of rejuvenation, which is phenomenal. And there's relaxing that's leading into hibernation, which unless you're a grizzly bear, is probably not so healthy. So... We have to recognize the hazards of, of laziness. We have to recognize that it's sometimes there lurking behind the scenes, even when we are claiming, and even claiming to ourselves that our motivation is something other than that. But we need to analyze, look back, and what is actually really getting in the way of my doing and being more involved and accomplishing on every different front. Noticing it, recognizing it, taking active steps to avoid it. One suggested tackless step is project into your mind the success of the accomplishment and project one particular step toward that accomplishment that you can take now. In whatever endeavor, whether it's family, social, civic, religious, there's something you know you could do, you should do, haven't quite yet mustered up the energy, the courage, the time, the attitude to make it happen. Project into your mind the success after having accomplished it and one step could be a very small step toward the accomplishment, putting it into your calendar, giving yourself a reminder, doing something toward that accomplishment. That's a real active step you can take right now, a tackless step, a meaningful step that you can actually say and pat yourself on your back, okay, I did step number one. And then once you've done step number one, repeat. Project that success into your mind and what's my step number two going to be? Become the type of people who are not claiming, oh, there's a lion outside, the doors are locked, there are too many barriers, but rather, I want to accomplish how am I going to do it? And hopefully, 
unlike those Nassim, and again, on their level, this was a trace aspect on their part. Ultimately, these were great, great people for whom this trace aspect of Atzlanut, of the holding back a little too long, that procrastination on their part at their core blocked their vision to do what they should have done in the moment. They thankfully do correct it with some significant uh, gifts that do follow. When the moment they suffered the setback, avoiding that, being the type of people who can always be celebrated for the fact that, oh, there was an opportunity and they jumped at the opportunity. They taught themselves how to be proactive rather than sitting back and and drifting and, and, and chilling for the sake of chilling. In doing so, will be the type of people who can achieve, who can accomplish, who can inspire others to achieve and accomplish, and will be the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve our tackles.